Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. Our presence is what is appreciated the most. And because so many people don't want to feel the discomfort. And so that's when we get in trouble by just trying to plaster a Bible verse on or say, oh, but it's sending. What Jesus modeled for us is his presence First, you're listening to the No More Perfect podcast, where we talk about strengthening the relationships that mean the most to you. I'm Jill Savage, and I live in normal Illinois. I'm committed to talking honestly about the messy, less than perfect, but normal stuff of life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect podcast. You know, several weeks ago, my husband and I, Mark, did a bonus podcast episode. It was kind of spontaneous. We pulled out the mics and uh, did a little short 18-minute episode called Staying Steady When Life is Hard. And in it, Mark shared how he has been using God's truth to stay steady during a two-month span of health challenges, uh, one on top of the other. And we heard from so many of you on how that was helpful and practical. So today, we're talking about that same topic again. But my guest is Dr. Michelle Bankston. Dr. Bankston is an author, a podcast host, an international speaker, and a board-certified clinical neuropsychologist. She's also the author of a new book that's called Today is Going to Be a Good Day. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, Michelle. Oh, I'm so glad to be with you, Jill. Oh, well, I am grateful that we can kind of continue this conversation that Mark and I started a few weeks ago, because I think it is something that we all need to learn how to do better, is that when life is hard, we need a way that we continue to believe that today is going to be a good day. And um, life has been really hard for you lately. So this, I'm sure, comes out of personal experience. There's always a story behind a book. Tell us the story behind this book. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I am definitely an experiential writer. I don't write about anything that I haven't walked through myself, <laughs> but I also want to make sure that your listeners know that I'm not speaking from a place of I've got it all mastered because mm -hmm. God keeps giving me opportunities to teach me and make me go back to the lessons that I've shared in my books. The Today is Going to Be a Good Day book actually came out of a really dark place in my life when I was very ill. Um, 
on medically induced bed rest for five months. I was kept mm-hmm. alive on IV hydration and nutrition. I dwindled down from 113 pounds down to a skeletal 74. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's 30 pounds lighter than I am today. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Jill, that I couldn't be the doctor. I couldn't go to my private practice and help patients. I wasn't much of a wife or a mother. And the longer I remained ill and in that sick bed, the more depressed I got. And I have a long family history of depression, but this was the first time I had ever really experienced clinical depression outside of a postpartum. Sure. And I just, I tried everything that I would suggest for my patients to do. And, and I, it was things like I was eating right when I was able to get back on solid food and I was prioritizing rest and I did seek counseling and I went on medication for a while, but it just seemed like it wasn't enough to eradicate the depression. And I remember lying in that bed and just telling God, I must just be joy immune because I'm seeing all these other people. And, you know, all I could do really was sleep, pray, listen to praise and worship music and watch sermons online. And I just, I was listening to the enemy who said, you're just joy immune. You'll just, you'll, you'll never experience joy. Mm -hmm. And when you're in the pit of depression, sometimes Mm -hmm. when people share Bible verses with you, it just kind of feels like they're just trying to slap a bandaid and move on. But I had a close friend who called me the night before one of two surgeries. And she said, I don't know why, but I just feel like God wants me to remind you of the verse that said, although weeping may last for the night, his joy comes in the morning. And Jill, I've never heard the audible voice of God, but it was it it was just a knowing in my heart that God was saying, if I tell you my joy comes in the morning and my promises are for all of my children, you cannot be joy immune. Mm. And so I wrote the very first Facebook post that started with today is going to be a good day because his joy comes in the morning. It was one sentence short and sweet, but it was what I needed to focus on that day. Okay. I'm not joy immune. His joy comes in the morning and sometimes the night is really long, but I will experience his joy. Mm. And a few weeks later, I wrote another one. Today is going to be a good day because his mercies are new every morning. And what I found was that these messages resonated with other people. They needed to hear them as well. And ultimately, my publisher came to me and said, would you write a book with devotions? (laughs) And I was like, let me think about that for just a nanosecond. Um, Sure. (laughs) Because it's what now has become a six-year daily ministry on social media. Wow. I love that. You know, what you make me think of, too, is one of the things that we talked about in that podcast episode that Mark and I did is how he has moved from being emotion led to being decision led. And I think that's exactly what you're even talking about here. So could you talk a little bit about what that journey has been like for you to move from being emotion led to decision led? And would you agree with that? I would wholeheartedly agree with that. In fact, just Yesterday, 
I was on a Zoom call with someone and she happened to ask how I was. And I should have been prepared for the question because that's what everybody asks, right? The first thing you say, how are you? And I just melted into tears because I've gotten a new cancer diagnosis. I've had three surgeries in two weeks. I've got a son who's struggling. I've got a book releasing and another manuscript due. And it just felt like I was being attacked on all sides. But that that weepiness lasted for about 10 seconds. And then I said, but you know what? Today is still a good day despite my circumstances because God is still on his throne and his promises are yes and amen. And so I still have to come back to that because yes, emotions are compelling, but they're not always truth. Our emotions mm-hmm. frequently are the outward manifestation of the thoughts we believe. And so way back when I was believing that I was joy immune, my emotions were following along with that. I just became more and more depressed. And so although our emotions are compelling, we have to check them to see are the thoughts that I'm having that are bringing on these emotions, are they consistent with the word of God and what he says? Because that can be true. The Mm -hmm. fact is I've been given a diagnosis of cancer. But the truth is God still heals today. God says he's my healer. God says he's my source of refuge. God says he's my strength when I am weak. And so that's where I have to go when my emotions start trying to take over. We can honor our emotions and we can feel them, but we can't get stuck in them. And we have to go, okay, Lord, what is it that you say? Because I want to trust what you say over what I feel. Hmm. Yes. And, you know, I think that, um, I mean, there's different personality styles, there's different temperaments. Um, you know, my husband is a feeler. So those emotions are very, very strong for him. Yes. I tend to be a thinker. And so um, it's a little bit more natural for me to grab hold of that truth and to believe it um, because I operate out of that thinking place rather than out of that feeling place. Now talk for a little bit. Where do you fall in that? Do you fall in the thinker or the feeler side of things? Both. I am. I'm a very analytical person. That's what has made me good as a neuropsychologist. But when it comes to my personal experiences, then I tend to lean more on the feeling side of things. So I actually have both. So sometimes it's like a roller coaster within a day. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Well, and you know, it's so interesting because you were just talking about, and this is one of the things Mark and I work so much with our uh, couples that we do marriage coaching with, because what we think determines what we feel. And most of the time we think it's the other way around. We think that what we feel determines what we think, but it's actually the other way around. And one of the things that you say is that spending too much time alone with our negative thoughts can cause a downward spiral. And that we've certainly seen that. And I mean, Mark will tell you and he will attribute that that's exactly what happened when our marriage almost ended because he was ruminating on the negative thoughts. 
how does that look from a practical perspective for you to move from where we want, you want to spiral with those negative thoughts to what does that practically look like when you are pushing your thoughts in a different direction? You know, I have to liken it to when in scripture, when it tells us to confess our sins one to another. And and the reason I say that, not that negative thoughts are necessarily sinful, but there's something so powerful about when we share the darkness, when we share that negativity, when we share our struggles with a trusted confidant and bring it into the light, it Mm. no longer has the power that it did in darkness. Whether we're talking about our temptation, our sins, or even just, man, I'm just stuck. Like I, I can't see the sun shining on a sunny day. There's something Mm -hmm. about not allowing ourselves to become isolated because that's where Satan wants us. He wants us isolated. He wants us confused. He wants us discouraged. And the more we allow ourselves to get to that place, instead of finding a source of support or engaging in prayer or turning to the scriptures that give us strength, the more Mm -hmm. he's going to win that battle. And Mm -hmm. kind of my whole goal in this life is just to infuriate him. Like he's not (laughs) going to win. So, you know, and I would think he would know that about me after all this time because he he tried taking my life when I was a preemie and less than three pounds. But I'm like, you know what? No, I'm here for a purpose and I'm going to keep fighting you. So, you know, you can bring it on, but I'm not going to give up. Now, I don't I don't always have winning moments, but fortunately, I don't Mm -hmm. stay down very long because either I'll engage in my morning Bible reading or I'll listen to a praise and worship song and something will like trigger. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. No, God is my refuge. I, I don't have to do this alone. I don't have to fight this battle alone. He says he will fight it for me. So mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest keys is that if you are really struggling with negativity or sin or temptation to sin, get it out into the open with someone you can trust, whether it's a pastor or a counselor or a close friend who will speak truth into your life. But, you know, Jill, we are we tend to be like the five people that we spend the most time with. So we have to be real careful that we're not spending the majority of our time with people who will go down and stay in the muck with us. We yes. will pull us up and say, I know you're struggling and I'm not going to leave you alone in this, but can I just remind you of this truth? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it infuriates me when my friends do that. But it doesn't take too long before I realize they were right. And that's why God put them in my life. And I'm grateful for friends who will speak truth when I'm not so willing to find it on my own. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other, you just said something really important there. You said, I'm so sorry you're here. I'm going to sit with you, but can I remind you of, and sometimes that doesn't happen all in one uh, no. setting. And because what you just talked about there is really important. So let's talk about it on the other side of things. Maybe you're not the one that is spiraling or you're not the one going through something, but you know someone who is. And, you know, I remember that um, it was shortly after Mark came home. Uh, well, it was about a year after we quit our counseling. Um, so we we had graduated from our, our counseling and the counselor said, only come back if you feel like you need something. and. A year later, Mark was in 
he struggles with seasonal depression. So he was in a depression and it was, and he used to say, we used to use that exact thing. He would say, it's really cloudy outside. You know, it's really cloudy inside my heart. And I would want to just be like, oh, but it's sunny. It's so (laughs) sunny. Oh, look at the sun. And so, um, and that, that wasn't working real well. And so, um, I went back to the counselor by myself and I said, okay, help me, help me, help me. Um, I'm, I don't know how to help my husband. And he said, oh, Jill, you're forgetting about validating, validating and empathizing is kind of sitting in pain with that other person before you tell them that it's sunny outside. And And so I was like, but I don't want to sit there. It's a dark place. (laughs) He said, (laughs) I know, but you need to, it's kind of like the old adage. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. Yes. And I can see that you're really resonating with that. So I think that let's talk about that just a little bit, because we do need people that will sit and will not try to always fix it for us right away. But by their sitting, they earn the right to help draw us out, right? It is our presence that is needed more than anything. Now, it may not be physical presence. You might have a loved one or a friend who's really struggling and they're halfway across the country, but but now we have this great technology. We have Zoom and FaceTime and even just a phone call. Mm-hmm. Our presence is what is appreciated the most. And because so many people don't want to feel the discomfort. And so that's when we get in trouble by just trying to plaster a Bible verse on or say, oh, but it's sunny. But what what Jesus modeled for us is his presence first. And people appreciated his presence so much that then they would listen when he shared truth, whether it was through parables or he was reciting scripture. But it was when they knew he was present and he cared first. Yes. what we all want. We all want to be seen. We all want to be accepted. We all want to be appreciated and affirmed. And sometimes that's really hard when you're walking with a prickly person, but there Mm -hmm. are always things that we can affirm in everybody we meet, whether it's, I love your smile, or I appreciate Mm -hmm. how quickly you helped me get through the checkout line. There's always something. And I promise that will then open their hearts to hear when you want to share something of a more serious or difficult nature. So very true. And I love that. You're right. Jesus's presence preceded any of the truth that he shared. I mean, it was his very presence. It was his presence in this world um, that was so very powerful. And, and then that laid the foundation for the truth. So yeah, I love that. And on that note, I think if we strive for presence over perfection, even when we don't say the right thing to our loved one, when we show that we're willing to be present, even if we mess up and we say, oh, but it's sunny, and that's not what they're feeling, they're still going to appreciate our contribution. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. So very important. 
So one of the things that comes to my mind um, when we're talking about hard seasons or even maybe even anxiety and depression is that oftentimes we're told that if you just need, if you just had a little bit more faith that the anxiety and the depression would go away. Sometimes even, I mean, I think in some unhealthy Christian circles that people may believe that that mental health or mental anxiety is some form of punishment from God. Talk about that a little bit. Talk about those beliefs um, and and why those are dangerous and what we need to understand instead. I think that it's true, whether we're talking about mental health issues like depression or anxiety, or we're talking about physical battles. Mm-hmm. It's not reasonable to tell someone if you just had enough faith, you wouldn't struggle because we have so many biblical examples of men and women of great faith, and yet they struggled. I've been spending the past year in the book of Job. Mm -hmm. Job was considered blameless and upright, like blameless. He was a man of God, and yet he lost all of his livestock He lost all of his servants. He lost his home. He lost all of his children. And then he was struck with boils from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And then I believe he even battled with some depression. And I know that he battled with some anxiety because when you read early on in Job, it says the thing I have feared the most has come upon me. And yet he was considered blameless. In the sight of God. So we can't say, well, Job, none of that would have happened to you if you just had more faith. And then I think of David, who said, How many times I feel like when I read the Psalms, it's like spiritual whiplash. Because on the one hand, he's saying, Why so downcast, O my soul? And then in the next breath, he's saying, But yet I will praise God. Mm-hmm. God didn't spite him for saying, Why am I so downcast? I think he struggled with some depression. But God, still considered him a man after his own heart. Well, and what you just talked about there is really David pushing his thoughts. Yes. Right? So so the the emotion, he expresses the emotion, and the emotion is, he doesn't deny it, but so he expresses it, he embraces it, but he determines I'm not going to stay there. And so he pushes his thoughts, which is, I believe it's second Corinthians 10 that talks about taking our thoughts captive. If I, if I remember right. Um, And that's what that looks like. David, it, it gives that example to us. I mean, it would be ludicrous for us to think that we couldn't share what we're thinking and feeling with the God almighty who created us because he already knows it already. Mm -hmm. The trouble we get into when as humans, we don't have the answer, then we want to say things like, well, if you just prayed more, you wouldn't have cancer. Or if you just studied your Bible more, you wouldn't be depressed. I think the men and women of scripture show us, no, exactly what Jesus told us in this life, you will experience trials and tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He doesn't say, but if you just prayed more and if you just read your Bible more, then you would be able to overtake the world. He's like, no, no, no. 
know that you're going to go through hard times, but then lean into me because I've already overcome it for you. Mm. And that's where our focus needs to be. And when we want to help others, let's help them lean in. Mm -hmm. Let's hold their hand. Let's sit with them in their yuck. You know, I, I mentioned that I've been studying the book of Job. Well, Job's friends were great the first seven days that they came and sat with him in silence. They didn't get into any trouble until they opened their mouth. <laughs> so that's what <laughs> so I want to be like. I want to sit quietly with my friend who's grieving. Because even if I'm grieving, my experience is going to be different than hers. So mm-hmm. I want to be careful to be present and let the Holy Spirit minister. Instead of thinking yes. that even with all the alphabet soup after my name, I don't have all the answers and I don't know yeah. what God's going to try to teach my friends and loved ones through their pain. But what I do know is that God doesn't waste our pain. No, he does not. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say from a very practical nature is um, that there are lots of different ways that we can choose to have a good day, that we can help push our thoughts in the direction of having a good day, that we can move from being emotion-led to decision-led. And a few of them that I've, that I jotted down here, uh, one is pay attention to who you're hanging with because you need people that will draw you closer to Jesus. And if you don't have that, um, maybe it's time to start fishing in a different pond for friends. Maybe it's time to join a Bible study where you open up your possibilities of meeting people of faith. Um, uh, You mentioned music and the impact. And that's what I find music does for me is I'll just find one phrase and, you know, in a, in a worship song and it's like, oh, that's so powerful. And then you just begin to actually meditate on that phrase you say it over and over again. There was an, I think it was an old Hillsong song that was, um, all things are possible. I think it was all things are possible. And I remember just, I mean, just a few words there, but to be able to just say that over and over and over again. And I find saying it aloud really makes a difference, not just saying it in my head. When I was so sick, I had praise and worship music playing 24-7. And as a result, every one of my books has a song playlist for the reader because I found it hard to praise God in my suffering. But when I had the music playing, I would start to hum or sing along. And scripture tells us God inhabits the praises of his people. And we also know that it makes the enemy mad. So again, I was like, okay, well, you can just take a hike because this praise and worship music is going to be going. And if you don't like it, you can leave. Mm -hmm. But it is so powerful. And there's so many spiritual truths in a Mm -hmm. lot of our worship music that if we can grasp onto that, we may not be able to remember the address of a particular scripture, Mm -hmm. but even just singing the words in effect, we're reminding ourselves. And sometimes I think I'm even reminding God, although he doesn't need reminding, but remember you said this, remember you promised this and I'm holding you to it because you've always been faithful before. And so I'm trusting you will be faithful again. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Yes. And when you do put anything, I mean, it's when, you know, even when we teach children, if you attach it to a song, it's easier to remember. So, I mean, to this day, my kids were, were raised on um, the donut man. Did, did you guys ever have the donut? No. Man? Oh yeah. Out. Oh yeah. So the donut man would put, he would sing songs to scripture and his theme song was, um, Let's see. Life without Jesus is like a donut, like a donut, like a donut. Life without Jesus is like a donut. There's a hole in the middle of your heart. (laughs) But um, but there are so many scriptures I personally know because of the donut man that used to play in our minivan in the old cassette tapes that we would yeah. you know, pop in there um, that still stick in my mind because we just simply put scripture to music. And so definitely um, music plays a big role in being able uh, to help us incorporate God's truth and to push our thinking towards God's truth. Um, as well. So friends, music, being in God's word. And I think let's talk about that for a moment, because I think a lot of times we think that being in God's word means like I got to sit down and I got to read like three chapters. And sometimes less is more in God's word, isn't it? What do you find? You know, I think it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get the greatest revelation when I spend my focus on just one verse. Mm -hmm. And what is he saying in this verse? And then other times I need greater context because what does this verse really mean? We want to be careful not to take scripture out of context. And then at the beginning of each year, I challenge myself to read through the entire Bible in about six weeks. Whoa. Because when I read it that much at one time, so much of what didn't make sense before now makes sense because I'm not just reading an isolated verse, but I'm getting, wow, this is like a movie playing out before me. So I do think though, that sometimes, especially when we're struggling, just focus on one verse and ask God, what is it that you're trying to tell me in this verse? Mm-hmm. What is it you want me to learn about you or about myself or about your character? And how can I apply this verse today? And yes. if today is a good day, it generally is one verse with some context around it for here's how we can apply it. And it's all based on his promises Yeah, because his promises are true and we can count on them. You know, I've broken many promises, never intending to. I've got great intentions, but we mess up. We're we're fallible people, mm-hmm. but God's promises, He will never not fulfill them. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you know, there's um, one that we really haven't talked about, but we have insinuated, and that's prayer. Just talking to God. Talk about that, Michelle. The importance of prayer. You include it in your book. You 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 include a prayer. Um, talk about that. It's so easy in this day and age, especially when we've got basically many computers in our hands 24 seven to turn to other people. 
And I do believe God gives us other people for us to feed into and for them to feed into us. But we need to be going first and foremost to the one who created us and the one who sees from beginning of time to all eternity, because he's never not been here. And he knows what we're going through before we even walk into it. But even greater than that, Mm -hmm. he knows how he's going to get us through it. But I think sometimes we can be the most honest when we're talking to God in prayer, because even our best friends, sometimes we just don't want them to know some of the yuck that's hidden in the crevices of our heart. But God knows it already. Mm-hmm. And that's the most real and authentic conversation that we can have. But sometimes I know, sometimes it feels like our prayers are bouncing off the ceiling or we just feel like God isn't there. And in those times, I have relied on praying with others or having people pray along with me. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes if we're being honest, it's easy to believe that God's going to answer everybody else's prayers, but our own. And that's a lie of the enemy. But when we're down or we're discouraged, it can be such an encouragement to hear someone pray over us, with us and for us. Yes. So powerful. Well, this has been so good. And I'm so appreciative of you taking the time to, to just bring this encouragement our way. So Michelle, I know you have a lot of resources out there. What what other resources do you have for listeners who maybe want more or maybe they're experiencing anxiety or depression or they're in a hard season like you have been dealing with health circumstances? Obviously, your book today is going to be a good day, would be a great resource. What else do you have that would be helpful for them to know about? For those who are struggling or know someone who's struggling with depression, I wrote Hope Prevails, Insights from a Doctor's Personal Journey Through Depression, and then the Hope Prevails Bible Study to take people even deeper into God's Word for greater help, hope, and healing. And we have a free chapter on my website, How to Help a Depressed Loved One. Ah. And for those who are struggling with anxiety, I wrote Breaking Anxiety's Grip, How to Reclaim the Peace God Promises. And on my website there, we have a free study guide. And Jill, on my website, there's a free hope vault that's got about 15 years of free resources, Mm. whether it's podcast episodes or it's blog posts or it's books uh, that I recommend. And it's all free for the taking at drmichelleb.com because my goal is to try to help people hang on in those difficult times and know that just like the woman with the issue of blood, if you will just reach out and hold on to the hem of his garment, Mm -hmm. he's there. He sees you and he's going to walk you through whatever you're going through. Mm, Yes. So we'll make sure and include a link to Dr. Michelle's, her website and and those resources that uh, she just shared about. Thank you. Thank you. I love that. Uh, those are so available to people. And uh, what about, I know you're really active on social media. Uh, what's your social media handle that people can find you at? Dr. Michelle Bankson. The spelling is funny. It's B-E-N-G-T-S-O-N. But I am on Facebook and Instagram, Pinterest, pretty much all the socials. Sounds good. All right, Michelle, would you be willing to pray for our listeners? Oh, it would be my honor. 
Father God, I just thank you that you are always available for us to come to you and for us to share the deepest, darkest times of our life, to be real and raw with you. And I pray Mm -hmm. for the listeners today that they would sense your presence, even if they never have before, and that they would hear that what we've shared today is that we can have a good day despite our circumstances and despite our feelings if we will stand on your promises. Father, I pray for each listener that they will be compelled to open their Bible, even if it's just to read a verse or two. And Lord, I Mm -hmm. ask that you would speak truth to their heart, to their mind, and to their soul, or that they would realize that they cannot walk through this life alone, but that you are always there with them. Father, I just thank you that you have given us everything that we need for life and godliness in your word. And I thank you, Lord, that you do inhabit the praises of your people. And so for those who are listening, would you just fill their heart with a song today, Father? Lift their heart. Turn them, turn their eyes upward to see you, Lord, in a new, closer, and more real way than ever before. Because, Father, as long as you are on your throne, hope prevails. And we thank you for that. In the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over on jillsavage.org slash podcast. I hang out on Facebook and Instagram and would love to connect with you there. You can find me under the name jillsavage.author. One more thing, we have three free eBooks that we'd love to give you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. See you next week where we'll have another conversation about the real stuff of life and relationships.